You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yep. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. That's beautiful right there. I mean, it's the theme song of the day, right? Sure. Chucking up the deuces. Kelly Bryant, I'm out of here. See ya. See ya, Dabo. Senior year. Look, I am going to play. Um, You're not going to waste my senior year. Welcome into the Lockdown Buckeyes podcast. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam, 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus, Ohio. It is what? Wednesday, September 26th? Is that the correct date? How crazy is it, Maddie, that when we get to next Monday, this Penn State game gets over and done and dusted. We get to next Monday, man, Man. and we are at October 1st. It's crazy. I I was looking at the weather, and we're starting to inch closer and closer to late at night now. You're looking at 50s. The high is starting to be like 75. It's shorts on the building for the first time in like three months today. Yeah, you are showing the legs today. Yeah, that's right. You like them? I mean, you're doing you know, a lot of calf races, I can tell. I have been, yeah. For been the in, people that, been uh, in the gym trying to put in some work. For, for Not those really. Of you, I just lied. For those of you that uh, can't see Beam's legs, which is all of you, just take my word that his calves are looking strong. He's mm. been in the gym grinding away. So, look, we are definitely getting, getting excited now because the biggest game of the year to date is coming up couple days away. Penn State, it's going to be a whiteout. It's going to be rocking. Beam, I'm, I'm getting jacked up about this thing because we know what's on the line. And it's going to be for control of the Big Ten East. For, for at least control of the Big Ten. Control, well, I, mean, I think that's fair to say, too, because you look at what's going on on the, on the western side yeah. of the conference, and we'll get to that in the second the western block. Western wall. Um, it's not looking that strong. So Looking the, okay. It's looking all right. And I, I just don't know if I'm buying anything coming out of the West as far as national championship contenders. No. None of that stuff. So we'll stick with the offensive side of the ball. We'll play some Haskins, some Kevin Wilson here for you early um, here in the first block, second block, we'll do Big Ten. We'll react to some of the AP poll stuff. And then in the third block, we'll spend a ton of time on the Kelly Bryant news, which came out this morning that he is chunking up the deuces. <laughs> and I'm out of here. Uh, see you, purple and orange Clemson. I'm out. Uh, so, look, for this week, we've been talking a ton about Dwayne Haskins, and rightfully so, and what you know he's going to bring to the table offensively. But I, I think the focus, I think I kind of want to readjust where my focus is going to be, at least for today, Beam, and go to these running backs because – I think that's going to be a key part of what they want to accomplish on Saturday because we know for a fact Penn State is going to do everything they can to take away Dwayne Haskins and the deep balls from these receivers because that's been just a ridiculous weapon for them through the first handful of games. So I was listening to a James Franklin interview yesterday, and he brought this up, being that a key thing he thinks on both sides of the ball this week for Ohio State and Penn State are going to be contested catches for the defenders and obviously the receivers. And I thought it was a great point that he brought up because – you look at, and we talked about this yesterday with Trace McSorley. I mean, just his style of play that we've seen the last couple of years is he really trusts his receivers, his tight ends to go up and make big plays. And that's going to be the difference in the game. You're talking about maybe that one touchdown that one of the Penn State guys goes up and grabs, or your Kendall Sheffields, your Damon Arnett, your whatever DB for Ohio State, they have to go up and really knock down those passes or make interceptions on those plays because you know, not only does it count for seven for the home team. And when they make plays like that, Bean, but it's really going to be rocking. It gets the crowd involved even more. So James Franklin, I thought it was a great point by the head coach of Penn State talking about contested balls this week is going to be a big, big thing to watch. It always seems like when Trace McSorley is getting back there and making plays with his feet and evading the pocket and getting himself out into space, Maddie, that you're going to have opportunities to take the ball away from Penn State because he is a quarterback 
who is in one of the you know Heisman candidates coming into this year. He's still on the board. Uh, he's got his team at an undefeated record going against Ohio State this weekend. But it seems to me that when Trace McSorley throws the ball in the air, his guys just elevate their level of play yeah, it's wild. up in the air. Like it's amazing. And you'll watch this weekend where there will be balls thrown maybe six, seven, eight times in this game that are literally just 50 50 balls. Right. And if Ohio State can capitalize on that, and if they can make it an issue to go Malik Hooker style and just snag everything out of the, the air. The ball hook? Yeah. And I think that Ohio State has a great chance to win this game. But if it's a game like you saw last year in the first half where he's throwing up things left and right, his dudes are going up and yep. grabbing them. They were catching every single ball last year against Ohio State the first half. Then the defense kind of clamped down. You saw the comeback. You saw the final, the end of that saga. Uh, but t- to me, a guy who's, what, completing 54% of his passes on the year – He's wild, and that's what he does. That's what makes him an electric playmaker no is because he feels that his guys are better than the opposition that they're facing. Yep. He trusts his guys to go up and get the ball. So you're going to see some wild plays. You're going to see some balls that are thrown in the air and are going to be 50-50 jump balls that are really going to test this Ohio I State agree. secondary. I agree, and I think it's a great point uh, what you make, which is what you were talking about there because we've seen it. There's a ton of evidence there to where McSorley, I don't know if he's deadly accurate, but I think because of some of the stuff that he's his accurate receivers, enough. He's accurate enough, but I think because of some of the plays that his guys have made throughout the years, maybe his numbers have looked a lot better. He's a really good quarterback, can't take anything away from him. This is a guy that you got to worry about not only with his arm but with his legs. And you're talking about this defense, and look, they have been um, – not I want to say willing, but they're in they're open to giving up the big play, putting it nicely, right? That's what we've seen from this defense. And they're a group that surrendered thirty or more yards mm. on a play eleven different times mm. through the first four games big this season. And that's what's scaring me about this game. But for Ohio State on their sideline, they've got a guy that can make a ton of big plays himself. And here's Dwayne Haskins about where he needs to improve so far. It's only my fourth game, and I don't feel like I only can get better. So um, just so keep executing, you know, making minimal mistakes. Um, just feel like I'm doing a great job managing the offense, managing downs and situations. So just keep getting better at that every week. And you mentioned mistakes, Beam. We haven't seen hardly any of that. No. You got the one seen pick one. on the year, yeah. and that's the one blimp on the radar for Dwayne Haskins. He's been pretty much flawless the rest of the way, and that's going to be the big thing for me also is the protecting of the football. Not just him, but also guys when they make plays and get into the sure. open field, the running backs protecting the ball because the more you turn the ball over for against a team like Penn State who's got a really explosive offense, that's when it gets really dangerous for you. So that is going to be a huge thing for me as all of the playmakers being protecting the football. Ball. The more chances you get, you give Trace McSorley, uh, the less chance you have of winning the game against a really talented offense. We and talked it, about it, you know, we talked about it yesterday with Paris Campbell, how he has seemed to fix those issues. Uh, last year, during the beginning of the season against Indiana, that the opener uh, of last year, you saw him fumble it a couple of times, and you saw when he got out into open space, he's carrying that ball, you know, out just with his palm. You know, he's he's doing this. He wants to make moves, uh, but I think a great emphasis this year, Maddie, has been on not turning the ball over and not fumbling. And we talked about it yesterday on the podcast with Paris, but it goes for all of these guys. Yes, we, we want you to fight for extra yards. Every Ohio State fan wants to see that, want to see you put your head down and maybe try and get three or four more yards out of the play. But 
when those scenarios come around where you're being held up and you're still churning your legs trying to get one, two extra yards, you know, just be weary and make sure you go the JT Barrett route of old and cover that thing up with two hands yep. because this is a Penn State defense uh, that if you get them involved and you get them uh, just feasting on turnovers all night, then it's going to be a long night in Happy Valley, especially with that crowd, man. I can't tell you how much I think the crowd is going to play right into the hands of Penn State because really, you know, when you look at it, Maddie, with that whiteout and 109,000 strong in that stadium, you get that thing rocking <laughs> and it is an absolute beast. No I've told doubt. you, I, I've been there before. I worked with our Ohio State IMG Sports Network down there on the sidelines. I was uh, one of the parabolic mic guys standing there with like the bubble, the mm-hmm. microphone bubble, and you can't even hear yourself think uh, when you're down there. So, you know, if, if you create a turnover – and it's a big play, and it gets to the third, fourth quarter, and then that happens, and it's a close game, man, I mean, that can just totally flip a switch. So, yeah, it's going to be imperative for Ohio State. We haven't seen it this year, Maddie. We haven't seen turnover issues. Uh, We haven't really seen sloppy ball handling, which has been fine. Uh, But it's always something that you want to stress because it's become such a big thing in football with just game-turning momentum turnovers. Of course. And if you eliminate that, then I feel pretty good about the chances Ohio State has. This is a Penn State defense that gives up about 173 yards passing a game, 172 yards rushing a game. So, look, I, I think what they and, – and they also haven't faced an offense like Ohio State with all the weapons coming out of the backfield that the Buckeyes have. You got four different Ohio State receivers, Beam, have led the team in receiving yards this year for Ohio State. So there's good balance, and Penn State won't be able to hone in on one guy. And that's the beautiful thing about what we've seen so far this year from Ohio State on the offensive side of the ball is that it's a great balance from the receiver the running backs, the tight ends have been sprinkled in every now and then. I'd like to see those guys get more involved because I think when you get those tight ends involved, beam, it opens up the middle of the field. So now you're talking about these weapons that they do have on the outside, your Paris's, your Terry McLaurin's, your Johnny Dixon's, that can take the top off of defense. Now you start getting the Rashad Berry's, the Farrell's, the Jeremy Ruckers possibly involved in the middle of the field. I just think this offense has become more well-rounded than what we've already seen, and that's a scary, scary thing for opposing defenses. Here's Dwayne Haskins describing uh, what he's seen from Penn State's defense so far. Still some experienced players, you know, really sound defensively. Um, the starting Sam linebacker went to my high school, Cam Brown. So uh, I know a lot of players who like recruiting and all that other stuff. So um, I was watching them on film. Yeah, they made a couple mistakes, but every defense does. But, um, you know, when they, when they get things rolling, they're pretty good. So he's going to want to give Cam Brown some business. You know, sure. it's a low personal there. I, I love that believe- stuff. Just the way that Dwayne Haskins sounds. Like, he sounds like the most unintimidating figure in the world. And yet that guy can go out there and just rip apart a defense and go for 550 yards on their heads. Incredible. I mean, and also, I think a big thing that I've been noticing lately is, you know, some of the guys are dressing the way Dwayne Haskins is a leader. He doesn't have to be the raw, raw guy. He goes out there and he shows it with his play. And to me, Beam, that's a big thing for a guy that is a leader, but also can lead in different ways. He doesn't have to be the guy that yells and screams. And we see it. It works for different teams. It works for different groups, position groups in the locker room. It really doesn't matter how you go about being a leader. But for Dwayne, here is him talking about his leadership abilities. I, mean, I always felt like I was always like a good leader, but uh, as far as like speaking and like yelling and all that stuff, that was it just never, never really was me. But um, I just feel like as far as a quarterback goes, your offensive line looks at you, you know, you get hit. They don't want to see you look shaked up. They don't want to see you be upset. So I always wanted to be just you know, even kill, calm, cool, collected, you know, 
And uh, whenever I get an opportunity to go play football, it's just a game to have fun. It's an amazing thing because we mentioned it a little bit yesterday with the veteran receivers, and I think a lot of those guys offensively looking to those guys for leadership. But we know, being when the bullets are start fly, starting to fly and you're struggling a little bit and it's the third and seven, you got to look your quarterback in the eyes and know this guy is okay, he's even killed, he's ready to rock. And when you hear that from Dwayne Haskins, it's a beautiful thing to me because I can't imagine there's a ton of young quarterbacks like himself that can come into a situation and really just feel calm calm throughout the entire game now that may change this Saturday when you go up to Penn State and deal with that atmosphere but I love what I'm hearing not only from him but from the guys around here from the older guys that are looking to Dwayne for quiet leadership because he just goes about his business takes the snap shreds you up all day long and I think this is encouraging for Buckeye fans to know that this guy isn't rattled by anything and then we'll obviously see if that will come full circle on Saturday but I feel really good about Dwayne going into a hostile environment handling his business and not being shook by the moment I think it's a great thing it's like a quiet storm is coming you know and that's the big thing you talked about it uh everyone has their own leadership uh styles some guys really get in your face and start yelling and screaming at you to motivate that and some people respond to that and other people's don't other other people shut down when they're yelled and screamed at right and so when you have a guy back there like Dwayne Haskins who oozes I mean he drips confidence Maddie drip. and this is a guy Can't who yeah who walks in here and he's, he's he's been at this program now this is his third year in the program uh and you know I'm sure that he's learned a ton and ton of different things and the guy's just cool as a cucumber so to have that quiet confidence back there and maybe not so much be the rah-rah guy uh but to be the guy back there and you know to have a guy in a huddle or going out before a drive starts and saying, "Listen, guys, you know this is all we need to do. Yeah, uh, we need to go out there, and you know, and I have faith in everyone in this room right now. I have faith in everyone on this field that we can get this done. And you know, when a guy like that who doesn't speak often then turns the mic on and he speaks in front of the team right. and gets them amped up, you know, that just juices players even more to go out there and perform well. So when you look at Dwayne Haskins and the quiet, the quiet confidence that he has. Yeah. In himself, I'm sure that just bleeds into every other part of the team as well. You mentioned Q, uh, cool as a cucumber. That was one of my favorite snacks growing up. Cucumbers, sliced cucumbers with some ranch. Oh, you like that? That was a nice little snack that I loved. Uh, I love that. But look, going back to the leadership stuff, we saw last year being uh, some clips coming out from the pregame speeches. JT Barrett was a rah-rah guy. Now, on the sure. field, on the field, not as much. But during those moments in sure. pregame, Absolutely. that was surprising to me to see the emotion that came from JT Barrett. There's different ways of going about it. However your quarterback wants to get it done, I have no issue with it. Dwayne's kind of a quiet leader. And that's okay because of what he's doing on Saturdays is absolutely ridiculous. Before we take a quick break, talk some Big Ten, play some Kevin Wilson uh, for you guys. I want to let you know about our friends from my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually... It's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's all. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code on college 25. That's on college 25 when you're creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. This is Locked On Buckeyes, 
your team every day. So Kevin Wilson, to me, has kind of been not forgotten about, but he's just been in the background a little bit this year because obviously with Ryan Day sure, so been and the Ryan stuff Day show, with the Urban happening, I totally understand that. Understand that, But you can't forget about how valuable a guy like Kevin Wilson is. He knows the Big Ten backwards and forwards, obviously, with his time at Indiana. Look, in some of those games he coached against Ohio State, they had to bring everything to the table that they possibly can could because of what Kevin, Kevin Wilson was doing uh, with his offense. Your guy, Jordan, Howard's a product of that offense. Sure. He's got some other guys in the NFL that Tevin were really Coleman. Tevin Coleman that were really good players under him. So this is a guy that knows a ton about offensive football, and it's a great thing when you think about Urban Meyer, Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson. This offensive staff that they have is just second to none. And now you've got Brian Hartline leading these receivers. I mean, it's just so well rounded, and that's why you and I were very confident about Urban Meyer not being there for those first couple of games of the year because of not only what Ryan Day could do, but the guys surrounding him. When you talk about Kevin Wilson and Greg Schiano, these guys being former head coaches, one of them being a former NFL head coach. I mean, I just think it's a great thing where you talk about just the widespread knowledge that this coaching staff has, and especially on the offensive side of the ball where you really can do damage in the game. To have these guys really clicking on the same page, I think it's an awesome thing for this team, and I think it's only going to pay off moving forward as we get through uh, the, the latter part of the season. Here. The thing you've seen at Ohio State for so long with Urban Meyer being here is the elite coaching level that Ohio State has really stood at. You look at Tom Herman uh, when Ohio State won the national championship, now the head coach of Texas. You look at Mike Vrabel, now the head coach uh, down with the Tennessee Titans. You look at Kerry Combs, who for so long was pumping out secondary players into the NFL. <laughs> you look at guys like Von Bell and Marshawn yeah. Lattimore and Malik Hooker and you know Eli Apple, all these guys that they're pumping out. Uh, so really, you know that you have one of, if not the best football staffs in the country you look yeah. down at Alabama you sure. look down at Clemson everyone is you know kind of starting to do this where you're and, and they get paid rightfully so you know they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to work in this high pressure environment Some and to case win millions. Games. right yeah exactly but I think Brent Venables right making right. a million dollars <laughs> um but you look at the Ohio State coaching staff and that for me for so long Maddie it was so perplexing to me why Urban would pull the veto card when he has these guys in his back pocket and you hire them and you're paying them, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars right. to call games for you and you're hiring them to be put in these, these pressure situations and then ultimately you get the veto card. And yes, it has worked out more times than not. But when it doesn't, you go down in a in a, a heap of glory. Yeah. And so the thing that I'm interested in the most is to see what Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day have dialed up this weekend for the game against Penn State. And I think when you look at these two guys, they really are geniuses. They're gurus. They're offensive masterminds. And you've seen that throughout the first three games of the season, uh, first four games of the season, I should say, uh, when they were actually calling the games. Tate Martell gets dropped in the two-lane game. You go back to Urban's offense. You know that's exactly what was going to happen. But I'm so interested to see – like Urban said when he first got back, taking on the CEO mentality of letting his people just delegating to his guys We're gonna and see. working out a game plan. And we are going to see. Gonna this see. is going to be the first yep. week that I really see if you are if you see Dwayne Haskins run the ball more than five times, you mm. know that Papa Bear on the sideline is vetoing play <laughs> exactly. calls. That's just the way it's going. And you mentioned Haskins running the ball. And look, Ryan Day came out and gave Kevin Wilson credit for calling the play when Dwayne Haskins rushed for a touchdown against TCU. I think that's very valuable to know in that moment that TCU TCU was probably sleeping a, a little bit. They weren't expecting that, and that's the play calls that you need. So that's why I think what you bring up there is very intriguing to me because we know when it gets tight, 
We know what Urban relies on, and I'm expecting a tight game this week, and I don't want to put Dwayne Haskins in those situations because I don't think you have to. I don't think you need a guy like Dwayne Haskins to run the ball up there on fourth and one where you got two great backs and you got guys that can maybe no, do some of those sweeps around the edge. You don't need it, and you got an offensive line that is really moving people so far. Here is Kevin Wilson on his impressions of Dwayne Haskins so far. First of all, he's getting great coaching from Coach Day, and, and, and he did it a year ago. And the way he's playing now goes back to JT's practice habits and things that he saw every day. So, you know, he's a tremendous practice player. He's getting better. I think you saw last year the way he handled a, a big situation last year in a big stage. He was ready to play well in the championship game. He was ready to play well. He was ready to play well every week. And when called upon, he's answered, answered the bell. Now, he, he also looks good when the supporting cast looks good. So when the offense is clicking and the quarterback looks good and they get all the credit when the offense – is not clicking, it's probably going to be his fault. So as we play as a group, Dwayne's a big part of it, and he'll do a great job. And I think the group effort is a big football thing. Football voice. Exactly. That, that is a football voice yelling all day, every day. But, Beam, I really think that when you look at this has been a collective effort, but I think if we're being honest, these are the same guys we saw last year. I think Dwayne's just taking them to another level. They're good players. But I think Dwayne Haskins is making these guys really good players with what he's doing to defensive coordinators and the way they're calling games. So, no, I think it's all working together. You got a group of guys that decided to come back. You got Austin Mack emerging. Benjamin Victor, it was good to see him flash in the last game. You got two running backs that can really make things happen. So, it's all just a nice pot of just some warm, good gumbo on a cold day. And that's what Mm. Ohio State's offense is, the Ohio State gumbos. I just... You you nailed it right on the head there. For so long, you talked about you know Ohio State getting these four star, five star recruits, and you know that they could do well. Uh, but for so long, it seemed like that offense kept them down. And yep. now, for really the first time ever, you are seeing an air it out passing attack from Ohio State. Yes, sir. And the, for the first time in school history. Yes, sir. You know where it is. It's pass first. And run second yep. because you have that dynamite of a guy back there throwing the balls. It was never an issue with JT Barrett for these guys getting open. How many times would we come in here on Monday after you know after a game and everything and say you know well JT missed a wide open there guy you, you know right. he underthrew he, he overthrew someone uh, if he could just be a little more accurate now you have a guy who isn't a little bit more accurate Maddie he's one of the most accurate passers in college football so you're 100 percent right now you have these four or five star guys who have been developed who were doing the right thing they were just they weren't having the ball put in the right spots and now you're seeing the ball be put in 100 percent the right area and you're seeing them flash because of it. Ben Victor was a guy we talked about last year and the yeah. year before. Maybe he's going to get on the field and do something special. This could be, this weekend, it could be a Ben Victor game. It could be a K.J. Hill game, Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, no Austin Mack. Like, you have so many dudes. And it's great. It's fantastic. It's, that's how it should be. And you have you have all these guys. It's not like you run a three-wide receiver set the whole game. And yep. You keep everyone in there. You keep the same package in the whole game because then you get gassed. You legitimately have six, seven guys who you can throw out on the field. You can flip them. You can keep their wheels fresh. And, you know, that gets so important down the the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. The games get tight. Everyone's tired out there. I know you get gassed. It's like a four, four four-and-a-half-hour experience where you're running around giving 100% effort on every play. But the fact that you have so many guys out there who can do that and beat you just makes Ohio State that much more dangerous. And it also puts you at – 
puts you at an advantage late in games because of we see it does. we see yeah. this with Larry Johnson and the way they wear down offensive lines when guys continue like to come in fresh. Exactly, you're talking about these receivers where you can run them four, five, six deep, and these DBs are out there for the most part. You're running about maybe three or four DBs a game, but those guys are doing a lot of running, especially with Ohio State stretching the field. That's such a valuable thing to have guys that can come in in the fourth quarter all it and, takes is and one feel play. fine. That's all, all it takes. takes. One. That's it. Here's Kevin Wilson on the offensive keys to beating Penn State. We've done a really nice job, to me, of minimizing turnovers. I've had very few. Uh, we've done a very nice job of having three and outs. Uh, but they've got skill. They're going to make plays. They have for years. They're, they're lighting it up now. Uh, bottom line, we just got to find a way to whatever that number is. You know, these are games where what's one team averaging like, what, 55 and 54, and it'll be like a 7-3 shootout or something like that. <laughs> He mentioned the scoring there. You're talking about the number one and number two total scoring offenses right now in the country facing off this week. And yeah. that's a big there thing. And, and also think really <laughs> being another thing that he mentioned there was third downs. Keep Trace McSorley on the sideline. The yeah. more opportunities you give him, we talked about it earlier, whether it's fumble, turnover, whatever it is, no turnovers. Simply getting gas. But you're simply mistakes. getting gas. But yeah. third down efficiency, I think, is going to be a big thing. And also, I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned the completion percentage for Dwayne Haskins right now. You're talking about 75% uh, completion percentage. Beam, hit the people with a message from our people at FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel, Matt. You know we talk about it every single day. FanDuel is way more fun when you play with friends. In the past, they haven't that made it that easy to do. This season, they've completely reworked the friends' capabilities to include easier ways to invite people, a more accessible way to start a head-to-head and a better product integration so now you can track how you're doing against your friends, which is fantastic. I told you one of my buddies just won $750 a couple weeks ago in the Daily Fantasy in FanDuel. I've told you if you want to get a head start this weekend, pick out your lineups for Sunday. This guy who just gave birth to a little baby boy last week, the Brownies got their first win. I'm telling you, the pick for the week that I say, Carlos Hyde, that man is so much better with Baker Mayfield in the game. I think he's going to go wild against Oakland, who is absolutely struggling right now. So go to FanDuel, check out the new friends interface, and give our people a shout. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So this morning, Bean, we got some big news coming out of the college football landscape. A top five team, Clemson, is going to be without, I think it's fair to say, one of their better offensive players for the remainder of the season, clearly. Uh, Quarterback Kelly Bryant, who lost his job to Trevor Lawrence over the Mm -hmm. weekend, which, look, we... I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a heck of a quarterback from what I've seen, uh, so I have no issue with that. I totally understand what Dabo's doing down there, but I also understand why Kelly Bryant wants out. It came out this morning that Kelly Bryant is going to transfer out of Clemson. This is a graduate. This guy's a senior, and he knows that if he's not going to get run this year, let me get out now. Now, with the new redshirt rule, you know if you don't play uh, four games, you'll be able to you know, get a redshirt year. If he he would have played one snap against Syracuse this week, he would be done. His college time would be over. So here's some of the quotes that, and we got to credit the Greenville News. I feel like it's what's best for me in my future. I was just going, it was just getting out of control uh, from what I could control to try to make the most of my opportunity at the end of the day. I just don't feel like I've gotten a fair shot. Mm. They asked me how I felt about it. I was like, I'm not discrediting Trevor. He's doing everything asked of him, but on my side of it, I feel like I haven't done anything not to be the starter. I've been here. I've waited my turn. I've done everything y'all have asked me to do, plus more. I've never been a distraction. I've never been in trouble with anything. To me, it was kind of a slap Mm -hmm. in the face. Now, 
For those of you that don't remember, this is a guy that got them to the college football playoff a year ago. He didn't play well. I understand that. But this, to me, is very similar to what we've seen at Alabama, where you had Jalen Hurts and now Kelly Bryant, guys that have lost less than a handful of games in their careers as a starting quarterbacks. And these coaches are opting to go with younger guys that they'll have more of a future with and guys, honestly, that have elevated the play of their team. So I totally understand that from an X and O standpoint. But, Beam, this is the first big domino we've seen in college football with this new transfer rule and how it's going to affect teams moving forward. This is going to be something to monitor, and I'm sure coaches are lining up to get Kelly Bryant into their, into their, into their building. It's crazy because we sat here and we talked about it. And it really was like Nick Saban just kicked off an arms race because yep. he decided to put Tua Tungavailoa into the, that game, that national championship game last at year half-time. against Georgia. At halftime, he pulls Jalen Hurts, who had lost two, two games, games as a starter at Alabama. We're talking two games at all. The guy won a national championship, and you pull him. And then Nick Saban you know, started to kick off an arms race. And listen, these young dudes, Maddie who are going out there and you look at Trevor Lawrence and you look at Atua and you look at a Dwayne Haskins. Remember last year we were living in a world uh, where people were clamoring for Dwayne Haskins to play over JT Barrett. Of course. Most, yeah. And, you know, it, it paid off for these schools. And now the only thing that I would have to say to Dabo Sweeney is like, I hope that you're right. You know, I hope I hope for the sake of your program. Yep. That Trevor Lawrence, I hope that he's the guy. I hope he's the guy for you because if he's not, now you're without a quarterback. You have to go with your third string who may not – elevate yeah. his game enough to take them to a national championship. To me, you better win one national championship with Trevor Lawrence. You better win one because college Kelly Bryant got you to the college football yep. playoff. Trevor Lawrence, especially with the ACC looking as weak as it's looked yeah, uh, it's this years year. For the taking, I mean, it yeah. is years for the taking. So now with Clemson, they've got Syracuse this week at home. Now, if this game was at Syracuse, I would say it get a little bit of tricky because what Dino Babers has been doing out there has been really special. Yeah, beat him a couple of years exactly. ago, Syracuse so, did. I don't think they'll be in any trouble, Beam. And then moving forward, they have right now, currently constructed, they have one more ranked opponent on their schedule. Ugh. One. And that's Duke at 22. Duke-y. And then who, who knows what Duke's going to be come November 17th, right? So Clemson right now, they're not in a world of trouble. But now you just wonder about some in-house stuff, some guys that I'm sure really had a ton of love for Kelly Bryant, a guy that's been there for a long time, guys that came in with him, I'm sure wanted to see him get a fair shake now. But those guys also know that Trevor Lawrence, or I think they know Beam, is going to give them the best chance to win. So, look, I believe in both of these quarterbacks. Yeah, but me too. I, from what I've seen, it did look like Trevor Lawrence did take their take their game to another level. But for Kelly Bryant, I like that he's sticking up for himself. He knows he's got one more crack at this thing, one more year to really make some noise and possibly get into the NFL. So I have no issue with this at all. I think it's just going to be fun to monitor now because now you're talking about a bit of a free agent situation in college football. How is that going to work? And I'm sure there's going to be more guys to follow. And I also think, Beam, that's why we're seeing more of these college football coaches play their prime recruits early because they're scared of this stuff. They want these guys to know, hey, you're going to come in, you're going to have a chance to play. So I wouldn't be surprised moving forward in college football if we see more dual-threat quarterbacks. I'm talking about two two quarterbacks yeah. in each game. We're seeing more of that now, and I think it's really about these redshirt rules, and it's unfortunate. But, I mean, you got to stick with your guns if you're a player, and also you got to stick with what you believe in as a head coach. Think about what this does for your recruiting when you're talking to 17 and 18 year old kids and you're like listen man uh, we have a track record here at this university to get guys in if you're ready to play 
Uh, if you're Dabo Swinney, if you're Nick Saban, and you can tell them, all right, well, listen, if you're ready to play, we're going to get you on the field. Even if there's a guy who is older, and we've seen it for so long in college athletics uh, where more veterans, you have to earn your stripes, you have to get ready, even though if it's 50-50 and we don't know who should start, this guy's a senior, you're a freshman, you better take a back seat, you're going to play next year, you'll yeah. get your time. We're not seeing that anymore. It's, it's an instant gratification world. These kids who are coming into universities feel like they're ready, and for the most part, you know, they are. When you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence and Atua Tungavailoa, you look at these kids, they're ready-made, they're ready to go, and they give their teams great opportunities to win games. It just becomes now, if you have a guy who is, you know, plays as his freshman and sophomore, then you get a better guy who comes in as freshman, then he's going to get benched. I think we won't see the total effect of this and this kind of moves and playing young guys early and benching guys who are juniors and seniors. I don't think we'll see a total effect from this until we get to like, I don't know, three or four years down the road. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point to say. And look, that's going to be the pod for today. Uh, when we come back tomorrow, Deuces. we'll hone in obviously more on Penn State. Well, I promise you we'll do Big Ten stuff tomorrow with this Kelly Bryant stuff, all this Penn State, Ohio State stuff. It's just so much fun talking about this game coming up on Saturday. Beam, hit him with your Twitter handle before we get out of here. At Brandon Beam 971 You can catch me there. Ryder Cup starts tomorrow. I'll be up early watching. So if you want some Ryder Cup updates, you follow along. Yes. At Brandon Beam 971 Please do that. I'm at Mighty Ice 971 I'll start sprinkling in some NBA stuff because that is around the corner, and I can't wait to go mm. home today and order the league pass. Best day of the year for you. (laughs) Exactly. You've been listening to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam, 97.1 The Fan in Columbus, Ohio.